Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Sword and Trial. Today, Graham and I talk about, does Jesus really get us? Uh, we address the He Gets Us campaign and uh, the $100 million invested in this campaign and how we should think about it as Christians in the light of what the Word of God says. What kind of campaign is it? What's it really doing? Well, listen in and you will get our thoughts about this. Welcome to The Sword and Trial. The Sword and Trial is a podcast of Founders Ministries. Founders exists for the recovery of the gospel, the reformation of local churches. I'm Tom Askell. And I'm Graham Gundon. We're glad to have you join us today as uh, Graham and I want to dive into the He Gets Us campaign. Uh, We are recording this right after the Super Bowl, which was played in I guess last night or a couple of nights ago or so, mm-hmm. and uh, I I didn't know uh, much about what was going on. Watched part of the game before I went to bed, but went to bed long before uh, the game was over. So uh, anyway, I stayed up long enough to watch that commercial that everybody was mm-hmm. talking about um, and wondered what in the world was going on. Mm. So we were subjected to various well dramatized images of people pouring water over the feet of other people. Mm-hmm. So, Graham, what was that? I recognized it right away, not necessarily as a He Gets Us campaign, but because I grew up Mennonite, ah. and foot washing is uh, quite the tradition amongst Mennonites. It's something that we do re- did regularly. Okay. So I understood exactly what it was, and then the He Gets Us thing kind of started to dawn on me. Okay, um, But yeah, very, very good production, very well dramatized. Yeah. Um, for a certain type of person, I'm sure it could be very moving. Yeah, so he gets us... Uh, Jesus never preached hate or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, man, this campaign came out a couple of years ago and I remember folks just being over the moon about it. Uh, there's a podcast that Ed Stetzer and Kevin Ezell did. And mm-hmm. Kevin Ezell, of course, is the president of, um, the North American Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention, and they were talking about how the North American Mission Board was partnering with the He Gets Us campaign mm-hmm. in order to spread the gospel throughout the world through these new methods of uh, portraying Jesus as a really nice guy mm-hmm. and not like all those Christians, you know, mm-hmm. that have taken the gospel of Jesus and turned it into a tool to oppress folks. But well, we're not like that. And Jesus is like this and he gets you. And so we're partnering with that. Well, uh, our friend Tom Buck did a little diving into the, he gets his uh, background when he listened to that podcast and he came out showing, this is crazy. This isn't the gospel. And the, the message that these folks are preaching will not lead anybody to heaven. It'll lead people to hell. And Kevin Ezell got embarrassed and because people started saying, what's going on here? Why is Southern Baptist mm-hmm. supporting this? And mm-hmm. so Nam pulled out, at least officially. I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but at least officially. It was all because it was exposed. Somebody turned the spotlight on it, and we thank Tom Buck for uh, being willing to do that. And mm-hmm. as we have looked into it as well uh, and just listened to the commercials, it's tragic. $100 million dollars. Has been invested by I think David Green, the Hobby Lobby guy, and maybe mm-hmm. some others, into a, a well motivated, mm-hmm. a, a good desire to see people come to Christ. But is the Jesus of this campaign the Jesus of the Bible? Well, first off, I think you're 
You're too reformed. You're too grumpy. You, you just, you're grumpy <laughs> wait, about wait, wait, everything. Wait. Are you telling me that Jesus doesn't get me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are those commercials lying to me? Or it's not me that they have in mind? Well, yeah. So I think what we see in this campaign is just this desire. <clears throat> we want a certain kind of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Empathy, boy, it's hot right now. Yep, absolutely. Empathy is in right now. I and, feel your pain. And yeah, I mean, that's because we want people to see us. We want people to know us. Representation matters. We want to feel as though a person understands the pain that we feel and what we're going through. And somehow if we feel seen, then that can help us emotionally and psychologically get through the things that we're faced with. Um, Psychological pain, emotional pain, addiction, uh, family issues, um, loneliness, um, guilt, all those things. Like if, if I, if somebody can come into my life and just understand what I'm Mm. going through, well, that can help me. You know, it's, it's interesting that this is kind of, uh, our president Joe Biden's his, uh, it's his campaign is he's an empathetic person and that makes people want to, to vote for him because he understands, you know, he sees you, he knows what you're going through. He, he feels it the way that you feel it as well. And this is, it's really hot right now. And so this is what we want to make Jesus into so that he's appealing to the pagan living in our society and particularly to the, to the leftist pagan right. living in our society. Yeah. And, and if you listen to the conversations <laughs> from the LGBTQ plus crowd, it is, exactly the way you described it. You know, do you believe we exist? Mm-hmm. And whenever you say that uh, this is just a mental illness or this is something else, you are literally killing us. Mm-hmm. You're erasing us. You don't want to acknowledge our existence. Mm-hmm. And, and so here comes, he gets us, says, oh, no, no, we acknowledge your existence. We wash your feet. Jesus washes your feet. Yeah. He wants his followers to wash your feet because you're just the way you are. And that kind of empathy leads people to hell. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we can say that strongly enough. Yep. If anybody gets converted through the He Gets Us campaign, it'll be in spite of the He Gets Us message. Mm-hmm. And maybe they are awakened to go read their Bible or something. But the message of He Gets Us, I have not seen the first indicator that it will lead anybody to Christ. But it will lead people to hell. And, and in fact, I've concluded that this really isn't an evangelistic campaign campaign to save lost people. This is a discipleship campaign to silence Bible-believing, God-fearing mm-hmm. Christian people. Mm-hmm. Because when we speak, compared to them speaking, we look like troglodytes. Yeah. Well, what's happening is, like, you know, conservative Christians who believe the Bible, they understand the gospel, they understand the law of God, live in a society which is so... Uh, opposed to what Christianity believes and Christianity teaches and what God has revealed in nature and in his word. And so Christians must, as they speak publicly, have to speak against the things that people hold so dear in our society, um, whether that be uh, their their misconceptions of sexuality or greed or selfishness or whatever it is that you see in people. You have to speak against that kind of stuff because God speaks against that kind of stuff. But the minute a, a conservative evangelical Christian speaks speaks against that, well, they're seen as judging. Judge right. not lest you be judged. They're seen as hateful. They're seen as divisive. And that those are all, I mean, you go to the He Gets Us website, and those are like the three words that you see <laughs> plastered all over the, their webpage, um, hate, judgment, and divisiveness. And so Christians who speak the truth to these issues of sin and righteousness in our society, well, they're automatically seen as as that. And so, hey, don't do that. Right. Just, just speak of the love of God and the love of Christ in which he understands the pain and the suffering that these people are going through 
don't and don't act in any way as if Jesus makes demands upon the people that he loves. Yeah. You know, I'm reading right now uh, um, Aaron Wren's new book, Life in the Negative World, and it's helpful. I mean, his whole paradigm of thinking about what we've gone through here over the last 60, 70 years or so in America uh, from a positive world where, you know, you got some accolades for being a Christian and even those that weren't Christian still upheld a Christian values in our culture to a neutral world where, okay, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, you're not going to be given demerits, but no merits for being a Christian either to a negative world. Well, now if you're a real Christian, brother, you're the problem and mm-hmm. we need to deal with you. The, he gets us website says that their general theological framework is the, the, the uh, Lausanne covenant statement, which mm-hmm. was done in the mid seventies, very mm-hmm. positive world. And if you read that, okay, it doesn't say anything wrong really in that covenant, but if you take that and translate it and just drop it back down now into the 21st century, um, there's lots of things that need to be stated that are left unstated that you could mm-hmm. afford to leave unstated right. back in the seventies. And so I think the people behind this campaign, they just don't understand what time it is. Mm-hmm. They think that you can be nice enough that mm-hmm. people will like you so that they listen to your message. And it won't be like all these Christians that have taken the gospel and used it as a club to beat people yeah. up and make them feel bad. Thank you for joining us today for this conversation on the sword and the trowel. Tom and I wanted to invite you to come and join us down here in sunny Southwest Florida, January 23rd through the 25th for our national founders conference. Uh, this next theme for next year is going to be revive us. Oh Lord, a, a whole conference on revival. Uh, Dr. Tom Askell, Dr. Bodie Bauckham, Jeff Johnson, Dr. Joel Beakey will be some of the speakers that will be there with us. It's going to be a wonderful time as the founders national conferences always are of fellowship and growing in the word. Uh, so go to, founders.org. Uh, look at some of the information on the conference. We'd love to have you here. And if you'd like more information, you can see some of that at the end of this podcast. It's just so naive. It shows that we don't understand the world that we're living in. I mean, this article that came out from CNN, I think it was today or yeah. last night or something. Um, Fairly critical of the He Gets Us campaign, but not from our perspective. No, no, not no. Not critical no. from our perspective. No. Critical from the perspective of the people that the He Gets Us campaign is trying to reach. That's exactly right. Because the He Gets Us people, the, the foundations behind it, they also support anti-abortion uh, mm-hmm. policies. You know, mm-hmm. they also support groups that have said that LGBTQ plus is uh, an ideology that needs to be resisted. Who are these people? They're trying to trick us. Mm-hmm. And I'm, there's no way yeah. around that. Yeah. So many, so many of these progressives, they, they don't like folks like us who are willing to say what the Bible says mm-hmm. and try to do it lovingly, but, but in an unvarnished way, we're not going to rub off the rough edges of the gospel because the gospel is offensive. These progressives come and they are like, you need to be more like Jesus. Jesus doesn't hate anybody. You know, you need to be more like Jesus. You know, Jesus washes everybody's feet, which is mm-hmm. a lie. And I want to say to him, you know what? Jesus was pretty Christ-like and they crucified him. Yeah. And if we think that we can somehow nice people into the kingdom, 
then we're just absolutely deluded and we need to get in a room by ourselves and spend about a week rereading the Bible. Yeah, we cannot, and we've thought this for decades. This goes back to the seeker-sensitive movement. This goes to a lot of the... The emergent stuff. Yes, we cannot make ourselves appealing to the lost on their terms. Exactly. We never will be appealing to them on their terms. The, the gospel can be appealing to the pagan and to the lost on its own terms and the fact that it does actually bring forgiveness. It right. actually brings healing. And it actually uh, can fix a broken person and a broken world. That's yeah. what the gospel does. And that's what makes it appealing. We have to be willing to speak that. But it doesn't, we cannot think that we're going to be loved by these people because we speak the language that they speak and we seem to have the same types of um, purposes and goals that they have. I mean, these people will not be satisfied as long as Jesus reigns supreme. As long as you're actually calling people to follow Jesus, they're not going to be satisfied unless you make Jesus just maybe a lesser God in their pantheon of gods. Yeah. It's got to be below their understanding of the self and sexuality. It's got to be below their understanding of the importance of the sacrament of abortion. Jesus, You can have Jesus as long as he fits into our pantheon of gods. And if that, if it's, if it's like that, then sure, we're going to accept you. But if, if Jesus makes any sort of demands, like I can't kill my baby, mm-hmm. or I can't be a man who thinks I'm a woman, or I can't have sex with whoever I want to have sex with, if that's your Jesus, well, then it doesn't matter how you frame your message. It doesn't matter what kind of uh, things that you massage about the Christian religion to make it more appealing to us. We don't care. We hate it. That's right. Because I have decided what is right and good for me. Mm-hmm. And if you come to me with any message that challenges that, you're literally killing me. Mm-hmm. You, you are not loving me. And so while, again, we, we might say this is well-intended, it is so horribly misguided mm-hmm. that I, I'm convinced that this campaign, $100 million worth of advertisements and efforts, will lead people to hell. Mm-hmm. And if I'm the devil and I want to stop the work of God in the world. I don't want to just prevent them from doing good. I want them to use their resources to do bad. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's happening. You know, we can't, does Jesus get LGBTQ people, homosexual people, um, those that that murder their children in the wombs? Absolutely. Does Mm -hmm. he understand? Sure Mm -hmm. he does. Does he love such people? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. But first Corinthians six ought to be something that Christians never move beyond when Paul says very plainly, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? So there are unrighteous people in the world. And then he gives us a little list of some of them. Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, that's, you know, people that would go outside of the boundaries that God's established for sexual relationships and a covenanted marriage between one man and one woman for all of life, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. Um, there's words there that are used in the Greek that, that demonstrate what is in, in play there, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So that's what we need to be saying to people. You can't Mm -hmm. inherit the kingdom of God being like this. But the next phrase, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the spirit of our God. So yes, there's hope for the worst of sinners, Mm -hmm. but that hope comes from the God who through the life and death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, provides forgiveness of sins and a new nature. Mm-hmm. It changes you so that you don't you don't go on living 
as a quote gay Christian mm-hmm. or a greedy Christian or an idolatrous Christian. No, mm-hmm. you have a new nature. You were that. Now you are something different by the power of God's work in your life through Jesus Christ. That's the message. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, this he gets us idea. Jesus understands. What does this come from? Is it a biblical idea? Well, yes, it is. I mean, this comes from Hebrews. He is a sympathetic high priest Mm. who has been tempted in every way that we have been tempted yet without sin. Mm -hmm. But the context in which this doctrine comes to us of the the sympathy or empathy of Jesus uh, comes to us within the context of his priesthood. And what is the purpose of a priest? It is to atone for the sins Mm. of the people. Mm -hmm. It is to remove the guilt and to remove the sins of the people. And Jesus does this. And he calls us then, since our sins have been removed, to walk in newness of life. Yeah. It's like it's like the Apostle Paul says in Romans six: uh, We've through Christ being bat- we have been baptized into His death. We are now dead to sin, and we have been made alive with Christ to walk in newness of life. So yes, Jesus gets us. Yes, He understands us. Yes, He understands our pain and our temptations, and He has mm-hmm. gone through all of that as our representative, as our priest, to remove that sin from us, so that we wouldn't live in it anymore. Yeah. Amen. And it's not that, you know, we're not criticizing this campaign because we don't care about people. It's precisely because we do care about people that we Mm -hmm. think that he gets us campaign is misguided because it will lead people to hell. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus had some pretty harsh things to say, though the he gets us campaign probably doesn't want to admit this. When he looked at the scribes and the Pharisees, he says, woe to you, you traverse land and sea in order to make one proselyte. And when you have made a proselyte, you make him twice the children of hell that you yourselves are. Mm-hmm. So he's saying you can expend a lot of money, a lot of resources, a lot of energy in order to make a convert. But when you make that convert, you are consigning him to hell just like you yourselves are. That's a that's a sober statement. And mm-hmm. anyone who would say, oh yeah, we're going to do this in order to make a convert for God needs to be sure that what you are preaching and what you're setting before people is the way of salvation in Jesus Christ. Anything added to that, anything subtracted from that is another gospel. And Paul says, if anybody preaches another gospel, let him be damned to hell. That's Galatians 1, 8 through 10. This is strong biblical language. And so I, I think that it is appropriate that we would be exercised over this campaign because no matter how well-intended it is, it is a campaign that has misfired. And again, I'm convinced, though there are people involved in it probably that really do want mm-hmm. to see folks converted, I think there are other people involved in it. Their own website says not everybody's a Christian who's involved in this, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. That they well, want Satan's to dis- involved in it. He's not a Christian. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> but they want to disciple Christians like us. They want mm-hmm. to silence us because here's this really nice Jesus that we're holding up and people are fawning over. And look at those guys over there. They're mm-hmm. teaching a Jesus who says. Yeah, you make a false convert, you make him twice the child of hell that you yourselves are. Well, and it's also just this is the this is the final end of that attractional evangelistic uh, seeker sensitive uh, method that we've seen in Christianity since before I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where we can we 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 the goal becomes how can we get a hearing 
in front of these pagans and and make them amenable to the message. And we, we that is that's actually the only goal that there is. So much so that we can spend a hundred million dollars and not actually give them the gospel. Yeah, right. A hundred million dollars, and the most good we've done is we put Jesus in the middle, of the, the name Jesus in the middle of the Super Bowl, and have not given them any sort of light of the gospel whatsoever. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Sword and the Trowel today. Uh, if this episode has been helpful to you, or if any of the resources that Founders Ministries puts out is helpful, and there are many resources if you go to founders.org, uh, we'd love for you to come alongside us to support us in our ministry and in our endeavors. Uh, the Lord's been kind to us and faithful to us and in allowing us to do so many things from our publishing to our podcasts to our theological journals and conferences and many other things. Uh, but if the Lord is calling you to come alongside us and support us in this, we'd ask you to go to founders.org and you can go to the Give tab there and support us financially. Uh, we thank the Lord for your gift. Okay, Graham. Uh, so if we had an LGBTQ plus person here, um, uh, a, a mother who has aborted four of her pregnant children uh, she was pregnant with here and they said okay you know uh, you are opposed to what the he gets this campaign is saying to us we found that very very affirming what would you say to us what message do you have for those who have murdered their children in their wombs for those who have uh, been so turned upside down about their identity that being born a, a, a male they're now identifying as a female what what good news do you have for them? I mean, the good news is that they don't have to remain as they are, mm-hmm. and that the sin that they have brought, that they have committed, and the guilt that they have incurred and brought upon themselves doesn't have to remain. Uh, they the the mother who has aborted four of her children does not have to be for the rest of her life a murderer. Yeah, the right. person who has, is a homosexual and has committed a homosexual act does not have to identify as uh, that kind of perverted person any longer, but rather they can repent of their sins and they can trust Christ and they can be cleansed from all of that. And, the, and, the, and that they have an eternal inheritance um, in Christ with, with Christ as their vision for the rest of eternity in which they don't have to struggle with those types of sins anymore. They don't have to be um, brought down by their guilt any mm. longer. That's the kind of hope that's offered. Yeah, man. And, and and that will enable you to put your head on your pillow at night with great comfort and great joy because mm-hmm. you can be sure for Christ's sake, you're reconciled to God. And one of the things we have lost in our day that we need to recover is before the good news is good news, you got to know the bad news. Mm-hmm. You got to believe that. And I think that's what some of these squishy Christians in our day, they they would like to try to get around. There is no good news apart from the bad news. I'm preaching through Genesis right now, just started it. And man, it has been made even clearer to me than I've seen it in years past, though I think I've seen it for a while, that John 3.16 doesn't make sense unless you acknowledge Genesis 1.1. Mm-hmm. That John three sixteen doesn't exist in a vacuum. It doesn't float down to us uh, in, in some kind of nether world, so that you can just say, "Hey, you know, God loves you, and He gave up His Son for you, and you can believe Him and be saved." And you can do that and still deny reality mm-hmm. by pretending that you're a woman or living as if you're a woman while you are a man. No, this is God's world. God created it. He sets the rules for it. Mm-hmm. He tells us what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad, what's true, what's false. And until you grapple with that and you realize that you're living in rebellion to nature itself, 
then the good news will mean nothing to you. And in fact, it can be easily perverted to simply salve you in your rebellion against God. And if that happens, you're in worse shape than you were before. And so the, the message of salvation, it, it really does change people. And you do not have to live as a murderer. You do not have to live as a nature denier. You do not have to go on living as a rebel against God. There's forgiveness. There's reconciliation. There is a new life for you, and it's in Christ. But you got to come to Christ on his terms, Mm -hmm. and that is turning away from your sin, confessing it, and forsaking it, and trusting him as Lord. And in the power that he gives you by his spirit and his word, living for Christ as Lord. That's the message that we want to preach. Mm-hmm. That that really is hope filled for people who have been lied to, who have been abused, who have been mistreated, and who will be coddled in their misunderstanding of their own lives in this world and God by half-hearted messages that says, oh, Jesus gets you, man. He'll wash your feet. If I, if I give you a hundred million dollars, do you yeah. think you could make a commercial that would communicate that? Yeah. 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 Let's do that. Okay. That's a bet. All right. You go ahead, provide me a hundred million bucks and I will guarantee you, we will make a commercial that says that whether it'll get any play because they probably won't let it on the air, yeah. but maybe we could put it on X because Elon Musk seems, you know, to be open-minded yeah. to at least having fair conversation. But I, one more thing about that. Where are the Christians with financial resources? that are willing to invest in ministries like this one and others that will cut the gospel straight, will Mm -hmm. tell the word straightly so that we can promote the true gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, we see investments in half-hearted messages and half-baked ideas and pray that God will raise up those that have resources that will be willing to invest in the proclamation of the true gospel because we are living in a negative world and nothing but the true gospel will help. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets us, but he doesn't leave us the way he finds us. Mm-hmm. When we trust him, he changes us and gives us new life. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Sword and Trial. If we can be any service to you here at Founders, uh, please do not hesitate and let us know. We would love to serve you in any way that we can.